On this episode of the Dingo Show, brought to you by the Quick Takes Podcast Network, we start off the episode by getting into the NBA bubble and some of the observations that we've made about the lack of fans being there and the energy level being fluctuating throughout certain times of the games. Then, we get into the Dingo Show questions. If you want to get involved in that portion of the program, be sure to send us a voice memo on quick.takes on Instagram. We finish out the episode by getting into the freezing cold takes of the week and the Hoops Top Scoops Dingo Show edition of Zoom Office Blunders. Some observations that we've made when we've all been on all these countless Zoom calls in the past couple of months. Also, tomorrow, make sure to tune in to the other episode of the Dingo Show. I know we're a week behind on this. The uh, Quick Take Studios had flooding, so it had to take care of some of the technological issues. But we're back on track and we'll be up and ready to go here. So buckle up. Here we go. All right. Hello and welcome everyone in to another episode of the Dingo Show. I am again your host, Dingo, joined by the co-hosts Cole and Tig. Cole and Tig, how are you guys? Never better. Doing, doing good, Dingo. All right. So again, this episode, as always, on the Quick Takes Network, we open up with the opening take brought to you by Quick Takes. So uh, the opening take for this week, guys, is from a viewer's standpoint, as we start to get back into these return to sports, the NBA... Why has the NBA bubble seemed to work out for fans, right? We've been listening and hearing that a lot of fans have enjoyed the product that the NBA has put on versus the MLB. Why have fans been more critical of the product that the MLB has put on? Um, Both these sports have returned in the past week. Really, my main take for this is that the NBA is marketing this like it's the summer league, right? So there's lots of fun, lots of social media. The coaches are wearing collared shirts, Rather than their suit and ties, it just uh, seems a little more relaxed, a little more fun and summery. Um, mm-hmm. And there seem to be a lot of interesting bubble stories to go on to that, uh, which we've mentioned in past bingo shows. And I know the hoop scoop gets into that as well. Versus to me, guys, it seems like the MLB is marketing this more as we made it. Look, we're here. We're finally here. We finally made it. You know, it seems more of just like, oof, thank God we got to play less of more like compared to the NBA where it's let's celebrate and have some fun here getting the tournament down. I wonder if you guys have any takes on sort of the differences in the product and why there's sort of a juxtaposition there. So my main take on this, and I've said this a few times on other shows, I don't know if I've mentioned on this, uh, the bingo show, but the MLB has turned into the NHL. The only team you care about is your home team and you could care less, and you couldn't even name any of the All-Stars or any other team for a casual viewer like myself. Let me you should highlight that. the fact that you're a very casual viewer of both of those sports, Cole. Very casual. So <laughs> well, what, I, what I mean to say is that no one cares about the MLB, and the MLB has done nothing but shot themselves in the foot uh, progressively over and over again. They had a, a marquee time slot to kind of get a jump on the um, – people watching sports and guess what they waited until basically every single sport had a plan and was back in action so congratulations baseball you messed up that then they can't get the on-field product correct because every team is traveling around and you're seeing that when you're not in a bubble situation it opens up a lot of opportunities for failures if you have any questions about that ask the marlins yeah going off that Cole, you made it made a good point um it seems that uh, the MLB really dropped the ball on this one as they seem to have made a trend in, the, in, in recent memory. Uh, half the, the Marlins team tested positive this, this past week for, for COVID. I mean, that's just not a good look for the MLB. They're trying to promote their, their game being back. And like you said, they're, they're not doing too good a job of it. And 
and this is just just not not a good uh, not a good look for them. And then uh, another another thing that the MLB seems to dropped another ball on is the fact that, or at least locally, they started the the games at seven thirty now, and that's just it's like what what's up with that? I mean, I got to stay up past my bedtime to catch any of these games, and it's just I don't know. And and with the 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 start that the Red Sox have, I mean, is it even worth it for them to continue, or should they just pack it up now? Tig, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, I, the point that I liked that you just said was the fact that they they're starting locally at seven thirty, you know, versus like the classic seven oh five. I think everyone's working from home right now. The MLB should try starting at like six thirty locally, or yeah. just like you know, like see how that does for ratings because I think you're right. You get sort of into those wee hours of the night, and if it's a bad team and that's the game can be over early, like it was last night against the Mets, um, and the night before, and the night before. But yeah, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. One thing, Cole, that I think is really interesting is that we're sort of learning about, you know, obviously the two sports are drastically different in how they're played, but sort of how they're presented on TV has been drastically, you know, you know, has been really highlighted during this time. The announcers for basketball don't really need to carry the game as much. So they don't really need to fill in as much dead air. Mm-hmm. And um, as a result, I think that it's helped pick the pace up for the game. I think with the announcers really having to fill in a lot more dead air without the fans being there for the MLB, you know, they're not doing as many classic, at least Ness and, and New England here would pan to fans in the stands. You know, they'd show different fun signs that people had. They might show a guy throwing a pizza. Um, <laughs> but really, the NBA is not really missing the fans as much as the MLB is. And I think that definitely affects how we're experiencing the sport on TV. And I think that I don't want to get down a rabbit hole here because this is our opening quick take, but I think that that is going to be a red flag for the NFL and for college football, which really, if you, if you watch one of those games, there's a lot of dead airtime, you know, like in between plays, you get, uh, you know, 60 seconds or 55 seconds, whatever it is for the play clock. And teams usually eat all that up making their plays. And I think a lot of time is spent, you know, kind of listening to the fans for at least college football or getting pumped up, looking forward yeah. to that play. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they're taking any notes here. If you want to get involved in the show, make sure to reach out at quick.takes on Instagram. Send us a voice DM or voice memo DM, I should say, and we'll get you on in the show. You are now on with the dingo. They gonna violate the bubble. Hey, uh, dingo. Uh, what you thinking for the starting quarterback for your New England Patriots week one? Are we looking Hoyer, Stidham, or Cam Newton? What you thinking, Dingo? Let me know. First time caller, long time listener. (laughs) That was was pretty good. I might need a second to collect myself here after that. Great question. Yeah. So, uh, I think this is being overlooked by a lot of people. I think Everyone saw Cam Newton signing, and they're like, look, this is our guy. This is who we're rolling with for uh, the start of the year. But, you know, I don't count out Stidham or Hoyer. Honestly, I don't. Like, uh, Cam Newton's coming in late with this unique situation. He hasn't had a full camp. Uh, He hasn't really had a lot of time to learn the playbook, I believe. And uh, I could see the Patriots being like, look, we got guys like Stidham, or even, you know, as the caller mentioned, more likely than not, Hoyer. Uh, guys who know the offense a little bit and might be a safer bet. 
But that said, I could easily see the counter argument and that what's the point in taking a safe bet on the team this year? Let's go for it. Uh, Cole, Ty, what are your thoughts? My main takeaway from this is that Cam Newton is going to have the starting job, without a doubt in my mind. When you give out a contract to that guy, there's so much upside. Um, you might as well play him, right? There's no way that Hoyer should should take any snaps. If anything, it should be Sidham. I was also thinking that a lot of teams have uh, been designating uh, one uh, coronavirus uh, quarterback. So all he does is just stay at home the whole time and doesn't practice or anything. And so I thought that'd be a perfect job for um, Us. Hoyer. You know, like he could, he could just step, he could just sit at home. He knows the playbook through and through. He's been in the organization for a while. He's an easy slip in guy that could just basically be a game manager of sorts, you know? And so when a lot of teams are struggling, let's say uh, like Ben Rotlisberger gets the coronavirus or whatever, then like, well, what's their next option, right? They, they, have, they got nothing. So I thought that could be an interesting proposition for Hoyer. But beyond that, I, I think Cam Newton is going to be the QB one. Um, come the, um, the first game of the season. And the scary proposition about the Patriots is that everyone's dropping out of the field left and right. And we'll get into that. But, yeah, I, I think you make some good points there, Cole. Um, I think Hoyer is definitely someone that can be plugged in and out of the Patriot offense at will. I mean, I think this is either his third or fourth time being on the Patriots. So I, I, I have to agree there. I think Cam Newton will probably be number one. But if, if it's not Cam, I don't think it would make sense to go with Hoyer. I mean, he's a, uh, a backup quarterback at best. So I think you're only going to see him if someone gets injured. Uh, any thoughts on this, Dingo? Hoyer, the coronavirus QB. I like it, guys. And I guess looking at this, you're right. You're probably right. You don't, you don't sign a guy like Cam Newton, and you don't have a guy like Cam Newton in your locker room. Mm-hmm. He's not your starting quarterback, that's for sure. All right, let's roll the next question. They're going to violate the bubble. Hey, Dango. Uh, thoughts on players deciding to sit out the NFL season? I saw earlier today Patrick Chung announced he's not going to be playing, uh, along with a long list of other players. Uh, thoughts on this, Dango, huh? Yeah, this is really hot news. Uh, six players for the Patriots in total have, uh, have opted out of playing in, in this season. Uh, most notably, um, Hightower opted out of $8.5 million to sit out this year. Um, this is definitely a surprise to me, guys. Like, uh, for, for real, I, I thought that you know, this would be a slow trickle of players saying they're not going to you know, play this year. But for this to be this abrupt in the last 24 hours as we sit here today, on the 28th of July, uh, have six players opt out is nuts. Um, but one thing, I don't know, maybe this didn't come to a surprise to the organization. Two players like Deontay Hightower and Patrick Chung had tweets recently that basically said, uh, to quote Magic Johnson, I'm not going to be here anymore. <laughs> uh, be here. And so maybe the team did see this coming, you know, more so than us fans. I, I, look, I look at that and I say the McCordy twins – They've been tweeting out some risky things about not coming back. I wonder if they're next, but overall, great call by the uh, caller there. A lot of players opting out on the Patriots this year. Definitely a surprise to me. Cole, Ty? So interesting you mentioned the Devin McCourty brothers there. They um, have a podcast, and they had Hightower on not too long ago. And the McCourty twins both agreed that they're going to be there. But Hightower said that this is, came out today. He said he's not going to be there. He just had a newborn son. He was having some health risks. So they, they don't want to, he doesn't want to risk it coming back in. 
to uh, play some football, but he's giving up and sacrificing a lot of money there. Right now, if you opt out and you have no health problems, you're making 150K guaranteed. And if you are, or you do have previous stated health problems that would jeopardize your life, if you got COVID-19, you're uh, established to $350,000. So it, it's, it's interesting how some players that we would deem healthy, but have a lot of things, um, a lot of strings tied to them to hold them from actually coming back. I mean, the NFL season's a long season, so you can't really blame a guy for, for stepping away for that long. It's not like this is just the playoffs like the, uh, the NBA and the NHL are doing. But when I look at this Patriots roster, what scares me is now we lost um, Collins, we lost Hightower, and we lost uh, um, Van Noy. And so basically that's our linebacking core just gone out the window. Two things come to mind after, after you were just done speaking, Cole. Uh, one, I obviously picked the wrong profession, getting $150,000 to not do your job. I mean, I need, I need to second guess my career here. But Hey, we'll uh, talk the, about contract negotiations off air, Tig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my apologies didn't go for that Bingo one. Joe treats you well. <laughs> The, the other thing that I was thinking uh, when you're talking, Cole, is I wonder what that means for uh, the cap situation. Because I know the, the, the Patriots were up against the cap there for, for a bit. Um, and I know that there are, are, are some good players still on the free agent market. Like I know uh, Jadavian Clowney, he, I think he's still available. And I know there was some rumors of him coming here. So if the Patriots are able to free up some cap with the, these players sitting out. I wonder if he would be someone that they'd want to sign. That's a flaming hot take, Tyke. I wonder if Bill <laughs> said to Hightower, hey, you have a heavy, heavy hit on the cap. Why don't you take a seat and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you some stock and craft uh, paper. Cole, to go to your quick thing before we roll into the next question, because I thought just like Tyke said, you made a great point. We're losing signal callers. We're losing leaders on the field. Hightower called the defense last year. And every year before that, as far as I can remember, um, and he's not going to be there. So I think there's going to be a lot of on-field leadership that needs to step up. And if you want to go down a rabbit hole, they're also losing their offensive signal caller, Tom Brady. So maybe both sides of the field, definitely going to be strange next year. All right, next question. Let's roll it. They're going to violate the bubble. Hey there, bingo. Uh, is it worth certain uh, NBA teams? Pushing their guys out there for this particular championship. Thoughts? Another great question there. Uh, look, I've read some silly things recently that about, you know, oh, there's no parade this year for the championship team. Oh, they can't go to Vegas and party after they win the NBA bubble championship. I think those are, and they're saying, oh, players may not want to play because they lose these incentives that come along with being a champion. I say that's ridiculous. Um, I heard some things, people like, oh, is this championship worth less than others? I say, no, this is an amazing chance to win a championship, especially now if you're a team that, you know, the floor is wide open. Um, I heard people say, should Kemba Walker sit out and rest his knee this offseason in, in, in preparation for next year? And I say, what the heck are you talking about? Rest his knee for when? For another championship run, even though they're in the middle of one right now? Get out there and play. It's next year. Up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's always next year. We're tired of that. Let's go now, guys. Yeah. When you talk about Kemba Walker's knee being a troublesome right now, what, what comes to mind is that I guarantee we're going to have some useless um, 
preamble playoff game and he's going to mess up his knee even further and then he just won't be there for the rest of the season when things are getting uh, coming down to crunch time Gordon Hayward will have to leave the bubble because um, he's expecting uh, another kid and so then we'll just be left with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and we'll be uh, one score away from making the finals just like three years ago so well, that's my take well that does not bother me I, I like if Gordon Hayward's leaving this team has not relied on him since he's joined it's not it's not like you're losing a big hole in the lineup when he goes so yeah, I, I understand. Like, it, obviously, he should go and be with his family. It's very important. But I would not worry about losing him in the lineup. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there, Dingo, as, as sad as it makes me. Uh, Hayward hasn't been, hasn't been the greatest player since he came to Boston. I mean, he's improved greatly this year, but hasn't been the same as he was on Utah. But I wanted to say um, I have to agree with the, the previous take, Dingo. I think the championship this year is going to be – one of the hardest to to lift above your head. I mean, <laughs> with with 16, 16 teams, uh, or rather, uh, was it 24? 24, I know, in the NHL. And then I, I saw that the MLB just announced that they're going to increase their playoff teams to 16. And then, uh, is it 24 for the NBA too? Uh, yeah. Or so, yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think this year is going to be with – with the level of play and how, how uh, great these leagues have gotten, I, I think this year is going to be the toughest of, of recent memory. Yeah. All right, guys, that takes care of our questions for this week. Thanks again. If you want to submit uh, audio message to quick.takes on Instagram, we'll now roll into our next section. One of the people's favorites, one of my favorites as well, Cole's Cold Takes. This is Cole's Freezing Cold Takes of the Week. <laughs> all right so the first cold take of this week i found from jared carabas as we know mookie bet signed a huge contract los angeles dodgers but this is said on um july 20th a couple days before mookie bet signed that huge deal he said enjoy your 60 games with him mookie bets is nothing so good job jared carabas it's going to be tough to come back from that cold take mookie bets is nothing what does that mean Mm. Hey, look, 60 days, 13 years, time blends, man. Kravis did, probably did not see that coming. Yeah. I, I don't even know what that means. He's a, is he saying he's nothing, like he's not going to be with them? Or he's yes, nothing that's, like what he's, he's, that's what he's meaning. If you, if you see the photo here, it's, uh, it's Mookie Betts walking into the ballpark, and then it's another photo of him walking out the ballpark. Okay, all right. I, I was – Jump into conclusions left and right there. I thought he meant that Mookie Betts wasn't a good player. I was I was ready to throw hands, honestly. All right. Our next uh, freezing cold take here is by uh, Derek Rose. This is a few years back. He said, uh, they're saying us, the New York Knicks at the time, and the Golden State Warriors are the super teams of this league. To say the New York Knicks have at any point in time been a super team is completely off the mark. And to say that Derrick Rose himself, along with Porzingis, Joakim Noah, and Carmelo Anthony, could hold a candle within an 800-foot radius of Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant, I, I don't think that's true. That's a big radius. Well, Cole, in all fairness, Jeff Hornacek was coaching that Knicks team. Mm -hmm. So, really, the sky was the limit. And also, Derrick Rose did say he did hedge his bets, like many of these tweets are. He did say, people are saying. Mm. He did not say which people, and he did not say, you know, necessarily when they said it. But they're so, saying it. 
but it's being said. Well, so, also, the, the term super teams is pretty fluent. We don't have an exact definition of it. It's not in the Webster Dictionary. Yep. He could mean super teams at being super bad. Yep. Um, he could mean super teams at being super good. He didn't, he didn't specify, so maybe he said the New York Knicks and the Golden State Warriors are going to be super bad. So, or maybe he meant to say the Golden State Warriors are going to be on the one end of the spectrum being super good and the Knicks are going to be on the other end of the spectrum, the super bad team. So, you know. I, the, way you, the way you just described that was so coherent. Mm -hmm. That was great. I think we need to get into the next one. That made so much sense. <laughs> All right. And the next freezing cold take here is from, uh, this is from the Boston Herald News. This was on July 21st, 1969. It cites uh, NASA sees colonies on the moon by uh, 78. So my biggest Oof. freezing cold take here and the biggest what if, well, to be, to be fair moment of this take is they said 78. They didn't specify 1978, uh, 2078, or 2178. So it, it could still happen. To be fair, yes. They did not mention which 78 they're talking about. Um, so I'm still holding out hope. Though this 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 uh, particular cold take said that they wanted uh, colonies on the moon, I have to believe that he wasn't too far off because we all know that in 2015, Matt Damon mm. traveled to Mars, yep. and he was abandoned there by his uh, shipmates. So I, I don't think this is too cold of a take. I mean, well, he was off in years, but I mean, Matt Damon still went to the, the Mars there. So mm -hmm. again, again, the Dingo Show saves the reputation of many, many misunderstood tweets. Mm -hmm. And so with that, we'll roll into our final segment here. Our final segment is the Hoops Top Scoops, brought to you by Quick Takes. So what we do here is we talk, we do a, a round serpentine uh, fantasy draft over the top stereotypes for various items. So this week's items that we're looking at is home office furniture. Everyone's been on Zoom recently. Everyone's been ro working remote recently. The guys here in the Dingo Show have noticed that there's been some standout items that they've seen at ho different home offices. Mm -hmm. Cole, with the first round pick, who do you choose? With the first overall pick in the home office blunders, well, I'm going to go with the first overall pick in this draft. I'm going to choose the biggest blunder of them all, and that is the green screen collapsing in the background. I've seen this happen on numerous occasions where I've been on uh, Zoom calls or been in conversation with folks and whether it be the, the Zoom uh, green screen background, that could be something silly or something professional, just going absolutely haywire. Or it could be the person actually invested into a permanent green screen behind the computer themselves and that has gone absolutely haywire. So the, the Zoom uh, cool backgrounds uh, are, are no bueno with uh, consistency. With the second pick, uh, I choose the DIY standing desk. You had the opportunity to go to WV Mason and buy your own little standing desk, but instead you had all this free time, you decided to build it yourself. And uh, unfortunately, the PVC piping that you use collapses multiple times per day during multiple calls, leading to what looks like to be on the other end of the video a tremendous earthquake. <laughs> so with the second pick, I choose the DIY standing desk. Mm. Tyke? Well, for, for my third pick here, um, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's furniture. It's more of a uh, Zoom 
interaction, so to speak. So you're in, you're in the office meeting, you're, you're going over the plans for the week, and then you're in your room, and your mom comes in, and she's like, hey, I, I made you some lunch. And you're like, mom, I'm in a meeting. Like, what is this? Like, how professional is this? And, and then you have to tell your mom to leave your lunch right there by the door in front of your entire office. And it's, it takes a little bit to recover, but it, it, it's worth it. You get lunch. All right. We just got words from the, the draftees, and they're telling us that the serpentine um, idea went out the window. It's now a fixed draft. If you have a problem with that, take it up with corporate. So anyways, it's my pick, and my pick is going to be going to uh, the weird noise in the background. Actually, no, I'm going to be changing that. My pick is going to be the person that just can't get the microphone down right. Um, so sometimes they're just going to be talking like this. Or some. Sometimes you're going to be talking like this. So you, you just don't know what they're going to be getting out of them. They could be talking all over the place like this all the time. Um, so that makes, that makes Zoom meetings very weird when it just turns into either ASMR or uh, a loudspeaker at any given moment. My favorite is, is when some person's talking in a perfectly normal volume and then another person um, is addressing something that's happening off camera to them. And they say like, uh, what's, what's taking another take? So Tig said like your mother's dropping off lunch. Yeah. You, you can just leave it at the, no, just leave it at the door. Uh, Cole, can you, Cole, can you go on mute? Oh, sorry. Sorry. So that, that is my pick. Well, I guess uh, I'm going to try and stick with the uh, furniture theme here and say that my second pick would have to be, the insanely squeaky chair. Um, it makes a classic creak noise every time they move. It's equally annoying to you, the other person on the Zoom call, as it is to the person sitting in the squeaky chair. Round two, pick two, squeaky chair. Tig? Round two, pick two. I'm going with, I'm, I'm sticking with the chair, chair theme here. Sticking with the furniture, that's what we originally said. And I'm going with the guy who's in the spinny chair. And he just, no care in the world. Oh, oh, I'm in a meeting. No, I'm not. I'm just going around in circles like Post Malone. You know, it's just circles all day, every day in my spinny chair. And uh, I was just spinning too long. I need to sit. Tig's <laughs> <laughs> demonstration, unfortunately, left him impaired. Cole, <laughs> round two, pick three, pick, no, round three, pick one. Yes. There we go. Uh, my next pick is going to be the person that has something off camera and it's very distracting. So it could be uh, an irrelevant screeching noise that you don't know if that was a person, a dog, or an airplane crashing through the next, the, the next room over. But whatever it is, it is an inaudible noise that is, that is just going berserk. And uh, plus 10 points if that noise is happening on a consistent basis. Uh, I was on a Zoom call not too long ago where the person's um, laundry machine was right next to the Zoom call that they were going on. And for whatever reason, their laundry machine had that, you know, that buzzer, that's a really terrible buzzer whenever your laundry load is done. Um, <laughs> it, it had a, a flaw in the system that you had to actually go over and turn off the buzzer itself. So what we heard for about a good 40 seconds there was just the buzzer going crazy. Um, that, was, that was just terrible. And uh, I, I wish I could leave the Zoom without having to hear that. That's terrible. <laughs> Round three, pick two, sticking on the furniture theme. I'm going with the bookshelf in the background, filled with books the person has never read. Classic. <laughs> you can see any, any kind of books in there. Uh, 
bonus points if they're autobiographies. Um, so round three, pick three for me. Uh, I'm going with the guy who has no idea where the camera is. And then they're just talking real close to me. Am I, can you see me? Am I, am I on yet? Uh, oh, my Wi-Fi. Sorry, it's my Wi-Fi. My Wi-Fi is not connecting. And then they're just, oh, am I, can you see me? I can't, I can't see you. Can you see me? And then that's just half the meeting. And then next thing you know, it's five o'clock. And then you do yeah. And God forbid if they need to screen share. But anyway, <laughs> um, look, these are all things that we've done. If you look at my background now, I got a bookshelf, a squeaky chair, and a DIY home desk. All right, so that's it for this week's uh, episode of The Dingo Show. Thanks again for tuning in. Ty, Cole, pleasure to have you. Thank you, Dingo. Adios.